0: What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome to the Gators Online Podcast. Zach Albaverde Nick Del Torre live from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Got a great show lined up for you today because we will be speaking with Corey Bender from Gators Online. The Corey Bender. Getting the latest on all UF recruiting, but specifically, Jaden Rashada Watch. Mm -hmm. It has officially been all this week as he has made his way to Gainesville. Just wrapped up his official visit on Thursday and is now headed back to sunny California to uh, think over his decision, Nick.
1: Got a seven on seven tournament, I think, which is why the t- weird Tuesday official yes. week official. Um, but uh, Florida fans will be watching to see where else he goes. Cause uh, the days are numbered before he yep. makes that eight, uh, the decision on the 18th, his dad's birthday. You'd um, like to be the last official visit. That's that for would, sure. That would be good. That would be good. And then if he decides to take another official visit,
0: they were like, oh, I guess we didn't do enough. Yeah, yeah. But if you read uh, Corey Bender's piece on Gators Online, it seems like uh, the coaching staff did plenty enough on mm-hmm. this visit based on what he's heard and some of the impressions that the family had. So we'll talk to Corey about all that. Uh, we'll get Nick's thoughts, obviously, on UF baseball and what was uh, the Gainesville Regional that he had to suffer through. <laughs> um And, yeah, we'll talk, obviously, regimen, as that's what the Gators are going through right now. They put out a a nice workout video. I would really like to see the workout video of Nick doing CrossFit. That's Mm -hmm. really the money shot right there.
1: Yeah, it had been over a year since I did CrossFit and jumped back in after Memorial Day with Murph and my shoulders still hurt from from 100 pull-ups and and 200 push-ups. I'm going through my own regimen period. Yeah, I mowed my lawn for the first time at my new it's place. a riding mower it's a ride mower that's hey, still a big chore <laughs> it's, it's, you you put some music on and you're basically driving a little car around your around your property well i had to take the time to do it and i, and I was dedicated how many acres do you have it's fine i'd rather not say zach's got, <laughs> zach's, got zach's got some acres some acreage um but hey we,
0: we got it done you know Got you got some got, sun doing it. I did get some sun and uh brought my new Arians mower in. So we're out there. That was, how first, was, first how first was the first time I had mowed a lawn in quite a while. How 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 was the the mower first time out? It was good. I mean I wasn't I had never had one with the like the bars like that. So I had to get used to, you know, but once I figured out how to whip it, boy, I was whipping that thing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a nice listen for the folks that mow their yard. They know. I mean, it's a it's a nice escape if you like you said. You put the music in. It's much better than a
1: workout. I will tell you that. Yeah. Uh, now you tell the kids, listen, Dad's gonna be gone for the next hour. <laughs> He's yes. gonna be. I, I get to. It's my excuse to to you know, not have
0: to to help when there's a you know, disaster a in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's,
1: crisis. I I couldn't hear you. Sorry. I Was that mowing the lawn? Gotta let the wife handle it. How? How long was the grass? You've been in that house for a while now.
0: Oh, no, it's no. It had been getting cut by someone else that was giving us a hell of a deal. Mm-hmm. And then finally came to us like, listen, guy, can't keep coming out here. We we're too far out of his way. So uh, we price, lost him. Price went up. No, price didn't go up. He just he, he couldn't he couldn't keep us as clientele anymore. So then we, you know, went out there and and saw what the prices were from other folks in the area to cut lawns. And, and I went Rick Ross and said, you know what, I'm doing this myself. <laughs> so uh we're getting after it. And uh, obviously the football team has been getting after it. Summer regimen workouts this week, Um, or really this for the past few weeks now and um more, recruits also arriving to campus to take part in that guys moving in now they basically have almost their entire 2022 class of high school recruits now in Gainesville 16 of the 18
1: so and you wrote it with the latest one Arlis Boardingham
0: coming yes. all the
1: way from California way
0: from going. he was he was
1: here when Jaden Rashada was
0: here so maybe those guys connected um who knows maybe uh Jaden Rashada got to see Hugh Hathcock whipping his Lamborghini
1: around Gainesville I think he did I think he did that uh Bright, not bright. It's like a baby blue, electric, electric baby blue, if that even makes sense. It's flashy. It's, you don't miss it. You you definitely don't miss Hugh's uh, Lambo. Um, But yeah, that's, that's another thing. Hugh... Whipped the Lambo up from Orlando yesterday, and um, I think you'll start seeing some of those recruiting pictures with a, a blue Lamborghini on the field Ooh. trickle out. Didn't even see it. Look, Nick's already thinking ahead of me. I think you'll you'll see some of those recruiting pictures start trickling out, probably some videos. Uh, they replaced the uh, the bench <laughs> with a blue Lamborghini. They we'll did. They replaced the blue, the blue bench in the retro gear with a uh, non-retro, very expensive <laughs> car. That's what we would call... An upgrade. Yeah.
0: Slight so upgrade. Although I don't want to see the retro gear go anywhere. That's that should
1: stay. um that should stay.
0: We saw uh one of their official visitors from last weekend, a linebacker from Jacksonville put out a video edit and had that gear on, man. It's a it's a good look. And shout out mm-hmm. to Dave for for putting that together and, and offering forward to of that kind of for their official visit experience because it totally totally takes it up another night. For sure it does. You know, so we're going to get ready to jump to this first break. And uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll be joined by Corey to kind of get where things are at with Jaden Rashada's recruitment, but also for recruiting in general, because this is a big month in June because you have camps happening it, and it used to just be that, but now you have official visits that take place as well in the summertime. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys that are looking to make early decisions want to get that over with before their senior year so. A lot of focus on that, not so much with the summer camps because um, no media coverage yeah, coming from them. Yeah, so um, they've decided to kind of just make that you know for the guys camping and the mm-hmm. coaches that are working. And so if you haven't been seeing any videos or or anything coming out, you know, that's why. Nonetheless, Corey is
1: still keeping you guys yeah. updated. Um, And if you want If you want to give it a try It's a huge week I think eight kids Coming on officials this week Yes Some big names Give it a try for seven days It's free Uh, I think you'll You'll stick around after you see the kind of coverage that Corey's going to give you for recruiting. Um, and Zach and I are just hanging out until football. Well,
0: and, and I think, I mean, anytime you got a five star coming to town, that, that's a big deal. Coming off of the heels of uh, this top 100 quarterback visiting, I do want to mention before we jump to this break as well. Um, you know, we talk about this offseason and, and Billy Napier making a lot of right moves so far. I think two things stand out, and it has to do with attire, Nick. Okay saying I'm going with black uniforms mm-hmm. and measuring the entire football team for two custom suits from men's warehouse. That's called
1: taking care of your players. Taking care of your players. You're listening. You're listening to what they want. They wanted black jerseys. Some fans want black jersey. A lot of fans did want black jerseys. I think Billy Napier <laughs> handled that perfectly. What a, um, I mean, donation. But I love the um, I, I didn't even know that it was legal or, you know, under NCAA rule. Um, Just the fact that there's a lot of guys that, uh, I mean, I've been fitted for a suit once. I'm 33 years old. These guys, you know, some of them don't even own a suit. Now they're going to get fitted for a suit. Um, Two. Two suits. A year. A a year. (laughs) Um, That's just something that they're going to have, you know, not everyone's going to go play in the NFL. Um, Someone's going to have to go, you know, after their senior year and and they're going to have – eight suits, potentially 10 suits potentially Mm -hmm. to choose from when they go on their first job interview after Florida. So I think that's really the, it's not 40 years. It's a 40 year decision. You know, a lot of coaches say that now. And, and I think you're starting to see, or this is one thing that Billy does that backs that up. Like, Hey, you're not making a four year decision. You're making a 40 year decision and now you're going to have a suit to go with. It it might, it, it might be insignificant to some, but I think it's pretty significant to a lot of these players. And we saw
0: former uh, wide receiver Kalief Jackson mm-hmm. share my story on this, the, this initiative that they did through Gator Made and was like, I cannot tell you guys how big this is for the players because the suit coat that I got – My sophomore year was the same suit coat that I wore my first day on the job after college. So um, these guys are going to have the opportunity to get eight if they're at Florida for four years and 10 if they redshirt. So
1: Kyrie would only get six, but uh, I think he can buy his own suits now.
0: I think. But look, as, as Nick mentioned, some guys for the ones that don't make it to the NFL, but for the ones that do. They got suits to go through the draft process with and to show up for for interviews with teams and um, to show up to the NFL combine. So I I, I think it's obviously it helps them in so many ways. It helps guys right here now that are going to do internships Mm -hmm. while they're in college um, that are just want to have suits for Gator Walk. Yeah. And they've been part of it in seasons past where some of their teammates are absolutely decked out, dripped out in suits and they can't afford it or you know that's Mm -hmm. not something that they have now everybody has that opportunity to show up with that swag so um we're going to jump to this first break we'll come back on the other side and get a bunch of recruiting intel and scoop from the man himself Corey bender
1: hi steve spurrier here you know making a reservation at my restaurant is easier than a saturday afternoon homecoming game against vandy you don't have to call or email just go to spurriers.com Hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a
2: time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight. Welcome back into the Gators Online
0: podcast, and we're now joined by our guest of the week, Corey Bender from Gators Online, who covers recruiting for us and does a phenomenal job and is working extremely hard this time of year in the month of June. Corey, we appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to join us, bud.
2: No, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. really appreciate it.
0: Well, obviously, everybody has been locked into all of this uh, Jada Rashada news and and the developments in his recruitment. You've been on top of it along the way as the Gators have put themselves not only in the picture but have become a serious contender for the top 100 quarterback. They, I think, initially surprised some folks by making – his top seven, then they got him on campus for an unofficial visit, and now he returns for an official. You put out an Intel piece today at Gators Online kind of detailing where things stand following that trip to Gainesville, his second one. Um, And right now I think Florida fans got to be feeling good if they've uh, checked out that piece, but kind of run us down on, on his uh, recruitment Corey and where things stand following this latest trip.
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because earlier this year, a lot of people, including myself, they offer Rashada and some other highly regarded quarterbacks. And um, many thought it would be kind of too late in the game because some of these kids were actually already narrowing down their list. I'm not going to say they had their mind made up, but they're they're focused on a select group of schools. And um, the one thing with Rashada, too, he's fairly well-reserved, doesn't really speak about his recruitment too often. So, at the same time, I wasn't too surprised just because he doesn't really update his recruitment, at least publicly. So, Um, Yeah, he came for an unofficial visit, a multi-day visit in late May, and that's where it all really kind of kicked off. Um, He's definitely the top target right now. I mean, Arch Manning's up there as well, um, but he's – right now, Georgia and Texas are the more realistic options for him. I mean, Florida would love to have that kid in the class, but right now, it's basically – I view it Jaden Rashad on a bus. And uh, yeah, he came basically in late May. Um, they provided him with the red carpet treatment. He, I know the family's very high on um, early playing time as far as with Florida. I mean, Anthony Richardson, I know it's, it's a projection, but he, he's listed a lot of mock drafts already for next year. Um, at, at the most, he'll be back for two years. So if, he, if Rashad a redshirt next year, he'd be a redshirt freshman with the opportunity to start. And then if Richardson did leave after next year, I think this is the type of kid who definitely could challenge for the starting job as a true freshman, just based off you know, where their death chart currently stands. I mean, you obviously have the transfer portal um, and you can always, everything can kind of change in a blink of an eye. But right now, Florida has to be feeling pretty good. I talked to a source close to the situation who said, uh, quote, the visit went amazingly well. Um, And then it was also the best visit the family has taken uh, throughout the whole recruiting process. And they've been to several campuses just recently, but a boatload of schools over the past couple of years. So, Right now, I know, I think the biggest question is the other schools that are in the mix. Um, he recently went to Texas A&M, LSU. Miami got him on campus early on in the process, and they could get him on campus one more time before he decides on June 18th. Um, but right now, the one consistent school has been Florida. I, mean, I think there's no doubting where they stand right now. And I think if he goes to Miami, that's going to be an interesting visit And I know t- I spoke to someone close to Texas A&M who, you know, as a, with a lot of these visits, the schools feel good. I mean, all these schools have so much to offer these kids. And I don't know how many kids would have a bad visit at any of these schools. It just depends which school you like more. So I know Unless the they Aggies went to Florida State, right? Op- <laughs> Say it one
0: more time. Unless they went to Florida State,
2: of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's so, uh, with A&M, um, they're I mean, they felt good, but they weren't as optimistic just because of the, the Florida schools getting on campus before uh, making decisions. So we got to see how it plays out, man. I mean, I know the next week, uh, week and a half is going to be pretty. I mean, a lot of fans are going to be at the edge of their seats, but I know Florida's optimistic. And, you know, I definitely trust the person I spoke with who uh, provided me with the info for the Intel piece. So Florida definitely is in a good spot.
1: Yeah, it's like how do you mess up a visit at this point? <laughs> like, everyone's got like the nice facilities. You've got you, you all this playing time, and you, Florida's got eight eight hundred people for you to meet and to make sure you have a good uh, a good time. On I mean, staff. somebody
0: can miss misspeak, you know, or or paint something sure. in in a, in a light that he doesn't like or the family doesn't like. And um, obviously, if 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 the feeling coming out of it was, hey, this is the best trip we've been on, mm-hmm. then. They clearly didn't give that impression.
2: And Corey, yeah, it's usually had... only a communication standpoint that can go south. Because even like yeah. Tomerian Parker, when he visited with the old staff last year, like in the summer, he told me Florida was the leader. And then he um, later in the year, he basically dropped all communication with Florida because one of his other visits, he like didn't really speak with the staff. He was like, you know when they load up the golf carts to go everywhere, he was like the last one loaded up to go play. He like basically didn't feel like a priority, so he dropped Florida off his list. And, that was one of the first times now Florida, like Chad Simmons has submitted a prediction in favor of Florida because of what the new staff is doing with them. So it just shows how wow. the recruiting process, how can do like a seven twenty.
1: And you said, um, there you think it's Jaden Rashad or a bust for Florida. Um, mm-hmm. and they've had a couple quarterbacks that they've seen before him. Um, if 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 something goes wrong and Jaden Rashad doesn't come to Florida, would you think they would just not have a quarterback in the class?
2: I think they would I think they would sign a quarterback in the class. I think there's some other kids probably on the radar they're looking at. I know they're looking at some kids in the transfer portal, but just based on where everything was, I'm not gonna say the kids weren't Florida quality, but it was kind of a reach at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um so that that actually would be one of the more interesting things to cycle is if they don't get him. Where do they go go from here? I mean, you could obviously offered Marcus Stokes, the kid from these high schools committed to Penn State, but even with that, I don't, that's not even a guarantee. I mean, you could also view it as, hey, you look, you didn't look at him. I wasn't good enough the first time around, you and offered me, mm-hmm. you know, and Penn State, hate to say it, they're out recruiting Florida right now. So he's like leading the class recruiting-wise. Mm-hmm. So there's no guarantee he would even flip to Florida, even though he told me before if they ever offered it'd be a huge deal, but, you know, some kids are kind of, like, up in their feelings about this stuff. But, yeah, they get off. There's other kids. I mean, Dylan Lonergan was another kid they were looking at, but communication with him kind of dropped off. It's really Rashada. I mean, you got Arch Manning, and um, they have another well, like, kid coming like The whole again. Arch a, thing
1: is kind of like, hey, we're at the altar waiting for you. If you come, we would love that, uh, but we're not expecting you to walk down that no. aisle. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's supposed to take on a... See, that was the other thing, too, with him. It's He's supposed to take a visit to Florida. He, like, you know, he's been planning on it at some point. But he also went on record saying he would be unofficial. And I think that right there kind of speaks volumes because, you know, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, they're getting officials. And if you go to Florida, I mean, obviously you're coming down on your own dime. But you just think if you're more serious about Florida, they would get one of the officials. So that's well, like, that family okay. has lots of dimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's See, that,
2: Well, that's the other part, too. I mean, obviously getting down there is not a problem. But it's just, yeah, I mean, at this point, Georgia and Texas are considered the teams that beat, and then if some other school kind of swoops in, I think that would be kind of a – I mean, you can almost label it as a shocker, honestly, just based off where everything, where everything well,
0: is. And, and obviously, he hasn't made the effort yet to come to Gainesville, and Jaden Rashada has now twice. So he clearly has serious interest in Florida. Corey, you've covered recruiting for a long time. We've We talked about this on the pod earlier about how, you know, really – when it comes to quarterback recruiting, those relationships probably start sooner than any other position. And those guys are building those relationships with the head coach, with the quarterback coach, with the guy that's going to be calling the plays. And that goes into the decision big time Um, for Florida to be at a disadvantage in this cycle with so many quarterbacks, because they didn't have that time with them during their freshman and sophomore years, how significant is it that they've put themselves in a position to land a quarterback of Rashada's quality and get him on campus twice this late?
2: No, 100%. I mean, that's why part of the reason why when Rashada and these other kids were offered, I just, I mean, I was like, okay, cool. You know, if they offered them and we're going to reach out and see if there's interest. But at the same time, a lot of these kids, including Rashada, were already talking about making a spring decision. And I think. At the same time, Ford is one of those schools where, I mean, from academics to just playing in the SEC, playing in the Swamp, they check off so many boxes. But I think the other appealing part is, too, is early playing time. I think if you really dissect their depth chart, after Anthony Richardson, it's completely wide open. I mean, Jack Miller's on the roster, but I mean, that's no guarantee. I mean, you think after he leaves, that'd be the natural guy to kind of come in and you know replace him at least for a year. Uh, but i think looking at it when you're a quarterback in high school i mean you really can come to a program and that that was another appealing part and then obviously too with like nil's taking off and i mean florida's definitely been successful in that department when it comes to taking care of its players so i think it's definitely i mean you definitely have to pat the staff on the back just the fact that they were able to get a visit but now an official uh but at the same time i think florida Right now, just if you view where they're at at quarterback and where recruiting is, I mean, it's a very appetizing situation if you're a kid uh, of a high caliber who wants to come in and start several years. So, and then, you know, one thing too that um, Rashad has mentioned is just, you know, Napier's, you know, resume when it comes to working with quarterbacks and, Obviously he speaks very highly of Ryan O'Hara as well. And he doesn't have as long as a resume, obviously, as Napier. But you know, the the early reviews when it comes to people that know O'Hara have fairly high as far as from a technical standpoint, the way he teaches quarterbacks. So yeah, I think Floyd, they just it's one of those cycles where they definitely were at a disadvantage. And that's why I thought the cycle they would have offered Marcus Stokes. Not, I'm not gonna say settle at quarterback to cycle, but really go all in in 2024 because you have time to build those relationships. So, yeah, if they can reel in Rashada. I mean, that's a huge. I mean, that's a huge thing for them. I'm definitely, they definitely deserve a lot of credit for
1: sure. How far? How far has Florida been able to come in such, like you mentioned, in such a short time? And and what other than um, maybe playing time do you think attribute? Uh, can you can attribute that to?
2: You're talking about are you referring
1: to Rashada? Yeah, referring to Rashad because, like, like you just said, you know, you kind of offered him late. You know, he's a kid that was talking about a spring, um, a spring decision. Obviously, making it the 18th this month, um, yeah. and he's got relationships with, you know, Oregon, Nick Saban, Georgia, going back years. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a, a, a it's just the, the reality of getting into a school, you know, in December and trying to find a quarterback for the next class.
2: Yeah, and I, I think, too, like a lot of it just has to do with just Florida, the brand. I really believe that. I just think, I mean, Power 5, any Power 5 school is a, a great opportunity. And obviously, playing the SEC is a great opportunity for, like, South Carolina, Ole Miss. But I kind of view Florida as, like, the next tier. And I think a lot of these kids give Florida a pass on their mind, too, knowing, like, hey, they just offered be late. But at the same time, they just got there. And obviously, no matter what, they I mean, if they could have offered them last fall, they would have offered them last fall. I mean, the old staff offered a shot, I think it was I think last summer, I believe, maybe in the spring. So if Napier's staff would have been in place, they would have offered him a long time ago. And I think a lot of these kids know that too. That when they came on, they had to kind of put all their attention on 2022 and finish a class. And I know Rashada's dad plays a pivotal role in his uh, son's recruitment too. So you have that logic as well, just coming from the dad, just knowing like, hey, these guys just got there. They kind of get a, in my eyes, they kind of get a pass with a lot of these kids just because, you know, they just got there and they just finished up the 2022 class. But I think right now it's just, between the, and the thing is, too, was Rashad's dad, he played at Arizona State, and that's another part when it comes to that comfort level when giving Florida actually a realistic shot here is, you know, his dad would always come back to Arizona State as alumni, you know, come back a few games and, that was also during the time when Napier was the OC and quarterback's coach, so they've known each other for much longer than you know Napier's been at Florida. So that was also, and then when you mix in his success at Louisiana and then Florida's depth chart and what Florida can offer, you kind of view it as like a total package situation if your son's a highly regarded quarterback. So I think and, I think the whole kind family of, did its homework here,
0: and it kind of makes up for the lack of the relationship during the recruiting process mm-hmm. that Napier would have with his son. The dad can say, "Well, I know him." Mm-hmm. So I mean, yep. you know, the, I can vouch for him. I can vouch for him to to a degree. So, uh, and, and I think the part you mentioned about the quarterback appeal, um, obviously, you mentioned Anthony Richardson and Rashada being able to look at where he's projected. The fact that. NFL draft analysts have their eyes on the Florida Gators quarterback and, and what that mm-hmm. kind of means for his position. You look at what Kyle Trask was able to do just a couple years ago, turning himself mm-hmm. into a second round pick, and there's statues out front as well. I and mean, we're mm-hmm. sitting here at Steve Sperger's Gridiron Grill. So Florida's got a lot to offer for a guy that's an elite signal caller. Uh, but again, those guys usually come off the board pretty early, usually always before their senior season. So the fact that Ford has put themselves in, in, in the mix here is a kudos and credit to the new staff. They're not just uh, got a big week for Rashada coming to town, Corey. They have another huge rec- recruiting weekend coming up. Uh, give us a rundown of the official visitors expected in town. I know one of them is, is a five-star prospect and, and c- kind of how big of a weekend this is for the staff.
2: Yeah, no, I think this whole month of June is is going to be huge because the majority of their top targets are all all coming this month. There'll probably be about a half dozen to a dozen kids coming in the fall. And that might actually get if more offers go out to paying where the classes that could, that number could increase. But I think just these first two, these first three weekends are jam packed um, with kids. And yeah, today uh, Peter Woods comes in town for official visit. And I know some people might ask why he's coming in town today instead of tomorrow. It's, his father's a pastor, so you know, with him working on Sundays, they wanted to fit in. The family wanted to fit in the schedule, so he would come today, and they could leave Saturday. So I, know Billy, I know Billy. I know
0: Billy Napier respects that.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. And um, that way, you know, he doesn't have to miss work. And at first, they were trying to fit that in the schedule, and they were able to, so that was a good thing. So. He, he's heavily trending towards Alabama. Um, but I think Florida might be that number two school for him. Um, he actually said last year around this time, Florida was leading. Uh, I, I kind of buy that. I kind of I mean, – Alabama, I mean, they're the in-state school. They've got them on campus over a dozen times. So I think they're going to be tough to beat. But from, from what I've heard, Florida just is kind of viewing it like, hey, get, let's just get them on campus and we'll go from there. And just That's all you need to do in recruiting. Get them on campus and then the work will – you know, kind of tell itself as far as where they stand with them. Um, and then, obviously, this weekend it's a big list. You have know, Malik Bryant, who's a top-edge defender out of Orlando. Um, I think that comes down to uh, Florida and Alabama. It's a pretty tight race right there. Um, Raylo Wilson, he's a kid out of Tallahassee, and Michigan commit linebacker, one of the top linebackers on the board. Um, I think he stays closer to home, man. I think Georgia and Florida are, like, the main schools trending for him right now. Michigan, he's committed to Michigan, so obviously doing right there, too but I think he plays closer to home. I think Georgia right now, they just got my campus last weekend. If I had to like put a prediction out today, I was forced to, I'd probably say Georgia, but me, I mean, Florida could definitely make a move this weekend. And that'd be a huge thing for them. Um, you have Derek LeBlanc. I think we all know. We talk about him every week. He's been on campus like a dozen times this year. And, um, he keeps coming to campus. This is his official visit, and he's not the sign until October. But I think Florida obviously is still in a great spot right there. Um, same thing with Peyton Kirkland, another kid out of Orlando, um, six seven, big body in the trenches along the offensive line. This I think he was actually one of my top three most important visitors for this weekend, just because there's been so many momentum swings here. Florida was viewed as like a pretty heavy favorite. During the early portion of the spring, but there's some people in Oklahoma, up in Norman, that believe Oklahoma could win out. And then I know Miami's right there, too. So I know Florida's going to really roll out the red carpet for him. He's a big time target. Um, and the last few, I'll touch on a few of the other names, too. Um, TJ Sears, he's a top 100 kid um, out of the state of Georgia, um, a kid that uh, coach Mike Pierce is very high on, one of his top targets overall. Um, South Carolina has been trained good, but I've actually been told by a few people that Florida is like really surging with that kid. Um, I was close to playing on the most important of this, but at the same time, I just, I think South Carolina, they're still very, they're right there at the top. So they, I mean, they have, especially in the trenches this weekend, man, it's a very heavy weekend in the trenches, a lot of top kids. And I think one other guy I'll mention too is um, Justice Haynes. I think you guys remember his dad played at Georgia. I I don't know why his dad's name is slipping my mind right now, but um, his dad was a running back at Georgia, played for the Steelers. and He's a Georgia legacy, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I I think he plays for the Bulldogs when it's all said and done, but Florida's right there, too. You know, obviously, any time a top five running back wants to officially visit your program, no matter if the odds are stacked against you, you still welcome the campus. and I mean, you do your best to kind of sway his mind and try to um, get in there, so... And then obviously you have Nyjah Harris, offensive line commit out of IMG I Academy. Mean, you know he's going to be recruiting. Um, and then the last guy on the list is Will Norman, who is another kid at IMG, um, defensive lineman, four-star kid. Um, Harris is definitely in this year. Their teammates, those two are really close. I put in a prediction for Florida about two months ago, um, so that's another pretty uh, another key visit for Florida too. So heavy, uh, heavy weekend, in the trenches, and uh, you know Florida is in a good spot for a lot of these kids. That had uh, a big budget for the catering yeah, yeah. this weekend. Better roll it out. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, after, um, I know who it was, I think last week, uh, one, one of the kids put out the, like basically the menu for the food for dinner, and I was like, oh, my God. It was like filet mignon. I mean, it was a crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy as far as the menu they have for all the food they're feeding these kids, man. I'm jealous. I think they'll probably get to see uh, the building that we're
1: film- or taping in right now, too.
0: They will be mm, yeah. making their way to Spurriers. That's, uh, that's kind of yeah, I, mean, I was
2: going to say, Spur- Spurriers is always on the, uh, on the calendar every time they come in, every mm-hmm. single
0: time. Well, we saw that on the calendar during the first weekend of June as guys made their way to Gainesville. Uh, Corey, yeah. you put out a, a great piece this week at Gators Online called Corey's Corner. Basically, your recruiting intel piece that you put out. Um, really recapping that first weekend, where the Gators stand with every single prospect that came to town, how they improve their chances, you know, what's work is still left to be done. Uh kind of take us through that piece and how that first weekend went for the Gators with some of the guys that came to Gainesville.
2: Yeah, no, I, I kind of put out that I thought it was a huge success. And you know some people are like, well, we didn't get commits. And I just think in this day and age, man, a lot of these kids, especially if they're taking several officials in June, they're all they're gonna a lot of them are going to take their officials. I mean You'll have certain kids, and people have to realize this is Florida. I mean, you'll have certain kids commit on business kind of in the moment, but it's nothing against these other programs, but they're like the mid-tier Power 5 programs where a lot of these kids are concerned, Florida, Alabama, um, Georgia. They kind of view it as a business where they're going through each and every visit and not really getting up caught up in the moment and deciding right there and then. So. I know they didn't get any commitments last weekend, but it was still a good weekend. And, you know, Aiden Mizell, um, he's a wide receiver out of Orlando, um, legacy kid. Both of his parents ran track in Florida. Um, he named Florida his leader, and that was a really big deal. And mm-hmm. I put in a prediction, um, you know, about almost over a month ago just because, you know, they're prioritizing him. Um, you know, obviously the legacy part, you know, Florida's the school he loved growing up. But now that he's one on record saying Florida's the leader, I thought that was very key um, he's going to Tennessee this weekend. Georgia and Alabama will give visits too, uh, but he's looking to decide by the end of the summer. And I think Florida um, is sitting in a great spot. I mean, schools are definitely trailing right now, and, and in my opinion, it's going to take quite a bit for uh, any school to overtake Florida. So that was a big deal. Jordan, um, hey, I mean, he's George, been to
1: campus a, a bunch, hasn't he? He was there for like a junior day over the summer. I remember talking to him um, at a junior day.
2: Yeah, and so he's been there a few times for track. Um, mm-hmm. well, he, went once, he went once for an unofficial, but he's been up there for track, too, because of the relays in Gainesville. But this past weekend was the first time where it was like, wasn't anything to do with track, where he like literally could just dedicate every minute he's up there to football. So that made a big deal, like definitely having that face time with the staff. But yeah, no, he's been up there quite a bit. Um, Jordan Castile, um, he's a kid out of uh, Winter Garden. Um, you know, on 300 safety, just out of the top 100. So he's a highly regarded kid. Um, Florida likes him at safety, but they can kind of move him all around. Um, he didn't go on record saying Florida's the leader, but I went ahead and put in a prediction for him. Um, there's just too many boxes Florida checks off there just from proximity, you know, working with Corey Raymond, Florida's reputation with DBs, and, and just him being an in state kid and that familiarity. So um, that's another kid I can see definitely join the class um you know treon webb was there the running back um out of jacksonville and he's he canceled his visit to Tennessee. he's going to penn state this weekend and next weekend he should be coming back to florida for another unofficial before he Mm. goes to south carolina on the 24th um everything it's it's still shaping up to be florida right now um obviously he's a kid's made commitments to georgia and oklahoma in the past so he, I mean anything can really happen. You can go to South Carolina and get blown away and next year you know one school's leading. But I'm at this point I would just be very surprised if you did end up in Florida's classes. Just they're they're dedicating so much time to him, especially Mapier himself. And that's played a huge role here is how oh, um, Billy Napier is basically the one recruiting the hearts at Florida, and that's really impressed the family. So, Florida wants to sign two running backs, possibly three, uh, I guess, depending on which ones they would actually get in the class, but two is probably the more likely number. So, I expect Webb to be that first one. So, they're in a good spot with him. And a few other names I'll touch on is Grayson Howard. Um, he's a linebacker out of Jacksonville, um, big top, just like the Michigan commit Rayla Wilson. He's another top linebacker target for Florida. Um, Extremely close at the top right now. Um, And I was told this isn't out there yet, but I was told there's a good chance more than likely he's coming back to Florida for unofficial next weekend, which would be a massive. Uh, Is that pup? The kid I saw. Yeah, up, yeah, that's no, yeah. him. Yeah, see, Nick knows his recruiting. See, <laughs> listen, uh-huh.
0: he put out that uh, that that video edit from his official mm-hmm. visit that was
1: awesome. It seemed that yeah. seemed like uh, almost the the same style of edit that they did when they were announcing kids who were um, signing on signing. Yeah, day.
0: just new frames and new yeah. scenes and stuff. It's almost like the same edit they
2: made for Zach when the joined Gators
1: online. Yeah, that, that's just, the kind of treatment. Zach just gets. not
2: a, just not as fire. That was <laughs> no, funny. You know, with him, South Carolina, is I mean, man, it's, it's very interesting because Florida's right there at the top. I mean, like, they're really recruiting that kid hard. I mean, from Jamar Cheney, Mike Peterson, Jay Bateman, Napier, I mean, everyone's kind of really involved with him. South Carolina has been the school trending just because he's been there like five or six times. And that's another situation where you kind of come in, you're a new staff, where South Carolina, it's just they've been, that staff has been together longer. So, He's been on the bill longer, like you know, relationships have been in place for much longer. Uh, but Florida's right there. The only thing that worries me with that is South Carolina is getting official this month after Florida, and that can you know, you know how it is. It's if you get one of the first officials, some of these other schools could be more fresh in the kids' mind after that. So they're in the mix. Um, He's a top five, but and then Georgia's the third school I'm really focused on. Um, his 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 dad actually grew up a big Georgia fan. If I'm not mistaken, I think he grew up. His dad grew up in Georgia too. So. I, and there's definitely strong interest in Georgia, but I kind of view it as South Carolina 1, Florida 2, and Georgia 3. But between South Carolina and Florida, it's pretty close. I mean, it's almost not a toss-up because I wouldn't give the edge to the Gamecocks, but Florida's making up ground. Um, and the last one I'll, I'll kind of mention here, because I know we had some commitments, too, that, I mean, there's nothing really new with them. They're just recruiting for Florida, but um, Kelby Collins, um, he's a top 100 kid, All-American D lineman. Yeah. So Alabama's an in-state school, and, um, you know, they've been trending for a long time, understandably so. Um, you know, so that, that's a school really demanded, but I spoke to someone recently that kind of said Alabama's so much slow playing them just because of like where their board stands right now and how many guys they have as far as defensive line targets. Um, so that can be really key. It just depends if they filled up and then you have Florida kind of like in the mix is like maybe a number two school. Um, you have other schools like South Carolina is getting on campus this weekend as well. Um, but the one thing I took away though is um, he's going to sign early and Alabama has official business set for December 9th. So mm-hmm. that's usually the week before sign day. And when I kind of look at that, to me, that just is a recipe for you know Alabama coming out on top. As long as Alabama feels the same way about him, um, so long. Long I think he's gonna wait this out and maybe make a decision about four months from now.
1: I think Florida fans are are waiting for Corey Bender to say something like that about Florida. It's like if Florida's getting that last visit. Yeah, well, Florida feels the same way about him, it's well, probably, uh, that, that's probably could, them. That's good how they feel
0: about Jaden Rashada. I mean, they, they could end up with the last official, which would definitely feel good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Miami, see with Rashada too. Like Miami could get this last visit before, but it's not guaranteed. Um, and, that's, and I don't know if he'd be an official either. I don't know if he'd be – that's the one thing I'm still trying to figure out if he does go to Miami because he technically has one more official left. Well, and so that, that, that is like the coach –
0: that is the coming because there's there's so many uh, schools that he's considering that have first year coaches. Mm-hmm. So it's like one thing. It's and I've wrote about that in our mailbag because fans have asked us. I don't think that that's something that's gonna not having a long standing relationship is going to be a deal breaker for him. However, if the guy that he has the longest standing relationship with is Mario Cristobal because he mm-hmm. was recruiting him yeah. at Oregon, which is what put Oregon kind of in the mix to begin with, and now as since uh continued to recruit him since he joined miami
2: so let's and, and see then, how and then you have old you have old miss who just signed who just got his brother in but so and then people view old miss as a dark force. I was told directly from someone that i definitely trust a whole lot that um Jaden kind of wants to do his own thing Like he likes old miss and they're definitely on the list they're in his top group and you can never rule out of school but I was told like they're not considered a package deal at all. Like they're, Jane kind of wants to do his own thing, and I know Ole Miss. I'm not mistaken. They already have a quarterback in the class. I think they got a transfer too, not to Mongo. So, not saying the kid um, wouldn't go there because of those reasons, but you again, you look at Florida situation compared to a lot of these other schools. Like even with Miami, with Van Dyke down there, who's done great things for the Hurricanes. I mean, he has I think two more seasons. I think, or he might have been a redshirt freshman, then a redshirt sophomore this year. Uh, coming up here, so he would be draft eligible. But Florida's death chart to me is a little bit more concrete about where everything mm-hmm. stands.
0: For sure. As we wrap up with Corey Ben, I want to ask you one final thing, Corey. Obviously, the Gators got three commitments in the month of May. I think that by the time we wrap up the months of June and July, we're going to see a few more guys jump on board with the Gators uh, that, depending on who it is, could really change the trajectory of this class. Um, so, still, I think, a ways away from really kind of judging where this thing is heading. But just on your experience in covering this staff so far, what do you like about how they recruit? What are some of their strengths? Uh, what are some of the reasons uh, that they've been able to impress the recruits that you've talked to so far in the 2023 cycle?
2: Yeah, I think the main thing is just the unity up there, man. A lot of these kids have just raved about. How, how, um, basically, how close the staff really is from when they go on these visits, they can tell, like, yeah, they have their co workers, but they can tell they generally enjoy being together and just the overall energy and just the uh, overall, as far as Napier's structure from top to bottom. A lot of kids have really raved about that, just knowing it's really a family atmosphere in Gainesville. And, and I kind the one thing I do respect about the staff too is obviously when we cover, we work for like a recruiting like we cover recruiting on our websites, but they really don't look at the rankings. I know it's like you look at the last cycle when they dropped Jaden Gibson or they, you know, they uh, Jaden Gibson decommitted, but communication wasn't really there. They did. A lot of people were just like baffled by that. They didn't know why, but they just went about their business and they recruited the guys they thought that fit their um, program and system. And you have a lot of other schools that I remember a few years ago, I was covering um, doing on the national side and, it was funny like louisville would offer a kid and then purdue would offer right after and they would literally mimic each other as far as offers so you can tell like they kind of like always look at the recruiting websites which we appreciate and they're looking around and seeing who else offers but this staff they're going after kids i was like completely on the west coast that i never even heard of they're just more west coast kids and they really just kind of do things their own way they don't get influenced, so that's like something you don't always see with recruiting so I think just the way Napier is, I think the way he just kind of, the way he runs his program from top to bottom impresses me And The one thing too, man, is like their dedication to the trenches. Every kid I've talked to him on the whole line. And the reason why Florida's near the top for a lot of them is just the fact they have five coaches dedicated to the whole line. I mean, you have Sale Salem, Stapleton, but then you have like three assistant offensive yeah. line coaches. I've said it before.
0: They have a whole offensive line coaching the offensive man. line
2: yeah it's crazy so the, a lot of these kids have said that like in their design deciding facts is why they like Florida, and like just like from a development developmental standpoint they know they're going to get working they're going to get um get better during their years in Gainesville and I, I just think the staff too man it's just uh just in the energy level even with like Katie Turner like Cedric Baxter like has said and I think uh who was it Jordan Hall in Jacksonville was a top 100 kid said too like her energy and I think she's like one of the best like recruiting coordinator. They call it recruiting coordinator, but recruiting assistants that they've been around. So and just from the from the coaching staff to the support staff, or what we should actually call it, what Napier's army. I should be more correct than that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think just from top to bottom, it's just the staff tirelessly working in that energy level that's been tough to deny for a lot of these kids.
0: They, they, they need to recognize though she's got AD in that title. So, yeah,
2: careful, exactly. careful. Yeah. Care care care. Anytime when it comes to recruiting staff, everyone just all the kids call them like recruiting coordinators. So I just give them a yeah. pass.
1: <laughs> they got 47 recruiting coordinators. On they campus. do. Um, you mentioned one name there I wanted to ask, not to hold you too long. Um, but oh, Cedric, Cedric Baxter there. Yeah. Um, running back Florida had felt good about him. Obviously one of the, the higher ones on their board. Um, just saw some Alabama momentum there, though.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. So he, he spoke to Chad. So Art, he had a top five and Arkansas was in there. Um, but then he replaced Arkansas with Alabama just because you know, Alabama kind of came on harder in the last couple months. Um said, like, hey, like I love Arkansas, I'm gonna root them on, but you know, I just can't turn on Alabama. You know, that's Alabama, so for sure. Alabama's now in their top five, and then just in the last twenty-four hours, he told Chad that Alabama is the school he likes the most right now. He went to Twitter right after, and, like, he didn't, he didn't um, quote tweet chatter like, I'm three, but he tweeted out, relax, like, his Florida fans. And you can actually blame me <laughs> for this because I put out a GIF of, like, Florida fans all upset in the stands, and I was like, I oh, thought it would be fun. But, um, yeah, so, like, Alabama's probably – like, right now, they're just a hot team in his mind. Yeah. But I think when it comes down to it as the year goes on, I still think Florida and Miami are right there as well. Probably those three schools realistically. And then he has Texas. In Texas a And top group. Well, I mean, he loves he likes those schools a lot. Obviously, there's a reason why they're in the top five, but I don't see them in that top top group. So listen, Alabama Florida. can't
0: Alabama can't land Cedric Baxter and Richard Young.
2: Mm-hmm. Come on now,
1: <laughs> one of those right? guys. And, this is and Christian
2: O'Leary is old is uh his teammate from Edgewater a few years ago is at Alabama too. He was a uh, former Florida target, so. That connection's in place. I know he's recruiting, but from I talked to uh, someone close to the situation two days ago. I haven't put this on the site yet because it's been back and forth. Florida um, was hoping to get him on campus. I believe it was the 18th. So, let me what day is? Yeah, the 18th. That Saturday, next Saturday for unofficial. Uh, I hit him back to myself and kind of see what he said about that. He said he has to see, but he also told Chad that he might go up to Tuscaloosa that weekend too. So that weekend, next weekend, the 18th. This is gonna be a big visit week of it. Just depends if it's gonna be Florida, or Alabama, um, which school he goes to. So, Florida's right there. I want to get too worried with him. He's gonna take his visits, take his time, and I think over. I think Florida's been the most consistent with them. Um, Miami's been in a good spot too, but Florida's just doing a great job with him. And Alabama, you know, you can't you can't really argue if you're really a Florida fan. If a kid likes Alabama, it's like okay, I get it, you know, it's that type of thing. But I think it's a three. Well, I think it's a three-team race right now, but it's gonna it's gonna drag off for quite some time. I want to get if I'm a fourth fan, I want to get too upset. Well,
0: and should Florida land some of those other Orlando area prospects, and should they land Jaden Rashada, that's certainly gonna help their chances mm-hmm. trying to attract uh, the top running back. So. Corey, we are fortunate that we were able to land you today. We really appreciate you taking out time to talk Florida recruiting, Jaden Rashada, and everything else uh, that you discussed today. I know you've been a, a busy man. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and read all your work.
2: Yeah, you can follow me at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, and then underscore Bender, B-E-N-D-E-R. And then obviously for our, our sites is Gators Online. I almost got yeah, almost our old website for a second. Gators Online <laughs> on Twitter. You almost then, fooled um, Zach. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I almost did. And then obviously, gearsonline.com for a website. So we're also running a seven-day free trial. um, So definitely jump on that if you haven't already. And yeah, it should be another jam-packed recruiting weekend. So um, wish me luck.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, we appreciate your hard work. I know we're all taking it in. And uh, keep it up, buddy.
2: Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you guys soon.
0: All right, we're going to jump to this break. We'll come back on the other side and wrap up the Gators Online podcast.
1: Looking for more reasons to celebrate we have them here at celebration point Enjoy some of the newest additions to our already celebratory lineup like dave and busters le macaron and prime and pearl There's always a reason to celebrate join us anytime for any
0: occasion celebration point where gators come to celebrate Welcome back into the gators online podcast appreciate Corey for joining us and Giving us all the details and scoop and intel and you name it. The he's guy's got forgotten it. more about recruiting than a lot of people know. Listen, man, he does an incredible job. It's, it's not easy trying to... Read the minds of high school kids and. Which changed by the hour. Get left on red. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hung
1: up on. I knew recruiting wasn't for me when a 16 year old hung up the phone. I was like, I didn't even want to talk to you anyway. I was doing this for somebody else. <laughs> and that can, my ego <laughs> cannot handle being, being hung up on by a 16 year old. Yeah, it's uh, not for the faint of heart, Nick. No, my heart is faint. Nor was the Gainesville
0: Regional. No.
1: Man, we almost got away with no rain. Oh. It, like you said the contractually obligated it had is, to happen yeah we all would have been fined everyone in attendance at the first <laughs> any of the first six games would have been fined if there wasn't rain um i talked to the head groundskeeper who said 2011 it did not rain for the super regional or the regional in gainesville so it's been 12 years uh, or 11 years we did not uh break the streak as mm. we got rain on monday a nice five and a half hour rain delay in the seventh and i will say i don't know if it's true this is how i feel without the rain delay the way the game was going i think florida wins that game of course they, they had win the game. momentum of course they win that game. they're up two to one come back from the rain delay and 20 minutes after it's uh, no longer two to one it's it's five to five to two and i'm thinking man Wait five and a half hours for Florida to lose a lead like that. Um, where does that five and a half rank? Well, they had a longer one recently. I think they've, uh, in terms of just one delay. Like I've been to a regional where we've had <laughs> multiple eight, eight, eighteen hours of rain delays over three days, um, twenty hours of rain delays. Not for the faint of heart, as we said. Yeah, it's a it's a long it's a long it's a long process. But we got through. What do you do during the rain delay? Or do you uh, leave the stadium? Just, do you stay in the I, so shout out to Graham Hall? Uh there was a two-hour window where it was just lightning. So we were in a weather delay, not a rain delay. So definitely not going anywhere. So it was just lightning. And there was a two hour like, during that I could have gone to my car. And then the, the second three and a half hours of a delay was just raining sideways <laughs> and not getting to my car, which is out parked out in the outfield. So um Could've, I could have been home I could have been sitting on the couch with the dogs uh for five and a half hours instead just slowly losing our minds <laughs> in in the press box you got about 40 people up there because all everyone taking pictures um, all the TV people are in there. all the food's been ate food that we, well we ended up getting dinner yeah they had to we ended up getting we ended up getting more food <laughs> after didn't plan on that being on the budget for this week no no that uh, it was one extra meal that we got um, but what was it uh, So we had pizza in the morning. Uh, I say morning, but I mean, I got there at 11, so I guess it's still technically morning. But because you have to like, talking to the person who ordered it, it's like, that's the only thing I can order and like feel OK canceling. Because <laughs> if Florida had lost at 11 p.m. on Sunday, you know, when the game ended, 11 p.m. on Sunday... Well, I don't want to call, I can't cancel barbecue. Like, they've been cooking that for 18 hours already. The pizzas, they just fire up and they, you know, they open Domino's at 10, fire up those personal pizzas, and then they bring them over and they're there. (coughs) Um, So it was pizza in the morning and then Chick fil A for dinner. A little Monday. I am going to get Chick fil A as soon as we leave here. A little Monday Chick fil A dinner. I said it to Evan while you were out
0: spicy chicken. Mm. Just call my name. That's on the way home. It's on the way
1: home, and got to get something for the little missus. For 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 the little girl. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't, when you say missus, I don't know if you're speaking of your wife. Well, or well actually, I, I might as well get them for both. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't bring just the. Actually, you can probably get away with that. Not bringing your wife something as long as you're feeding feeding the daughter. Because by the time she gets off, maybe cold. But
0: I mean, Chick Fil A warmed up is always good. That's good. Yeah
1: it um it it was interesting so florida we talked about made it made made a miraculous run at the end of the year just to even host a regional um and then the problem is when you're seeds 13 15 13 14 15 16 you're gonna get a good regional and florida had probably one of the toughest um kevin o'sullivan said it's probably one of the best four seeds they had Mm -hmm. in central michigan was the only four seed um, that won 40 games all year um they had to play that team twice And, and the kid florida faced um on friday andrew taylor is going to be a first or second round draft pick this year so it's not just like hey uh, you're you're playing a team from the mac it's like yeah the kid we faced is going to be pitching in the majors mm-hmm. in a couple of years um beat central michigan twice um lost the first game they played against oklahoma uh just just ran into a good team and, i'll add and,
0: and that they won when i came for the opener so
1: there's that six zero in the in, yeah, in the park spectator guys a spectator yeah, six no um and then you have to go so when you get into the losers bracket it, it, it's tough um florida got a great pitching performance from brandon sproat um it's it's tough to see the guys after the game and i'll get mm, into that yeah. in a second but they got a great p- pitching performance from brandon sproat an unbelievable pitching performance i wrote all about it at gators online uh, from Karsten Finvold, who threw as many innings in relief against Central Michigan as he had thrown all year long. He threw nine innings all season and then threw nine innings against Central His Michigan. His
0: performance made no sense. Sorry, against Oklahoma,
1: not yeah. against Central Michigan. It's against Oklahoma in the second game. Um, it, I've been at Florida for 10 years, and I've never seen a guy pitch nine innings, get all 27 outs in relief. He came into the game. With the bases loaded, no outs in the first inning, and you're thinking, "All right, just hold him to two runs here. <laughs> yeah. Hold him to two. If they score three, that's fine. Just you got to get out of this <laughs> yeah. somehow. Don't don't make it a gigantic blow up inning. He gets three pop ups out, yeah. out of the inning. Almost threw his shoulder out, fist pumping so hard because uh, the the job that he was able to do there. Um, he people are talking about building him a statue. <laughs> Build a Carson Finbold statue somewhere around the park. You called it one of the
0: gutsiest performances in program history.
1: Yeah. I mean that's that it's an impossible situation with an improbable outcome. Yes. Almost like Jeff Cardozo pitching in the postseason. Jeff Jeff would have given up at least two. <laughs> Jeff would have given up two. I think Jeff will tell you that.
0: Well, and um after the season came to an end, Sully decides to make a change mm-hmm. for was that, the second time
1: in three years, four years? Second time in four years. Um, Brad Weitzer was with him for 12, and, and Craig Bell was with yeah. him for all 15 years. I think you're seeing um, Sully has kind of made a move to some younger guys that know analytics more that might be better recruiting because of the age. Um, when, when they got rid of Brad, fired Brad, they hired Chuck Juralman, who's young. Um, they just added Brad... Um, Sorry, David Kopp as their uh, volunteer assistant. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I've seen some people want Brad Wilkerson to come back. Brad's Mm. the hitting coach and third base coach at JU right now. Obviously, the best player who's ever played at at Florida. That'd be an interesting name. Um, I'll be interested to see. David Kopp's a guy who, if you don't promote him, um, he's a guy who will get a paid job somewhere soon. I saw some also calling for Lars Davis. Bring Lars back. Me. love lars I, I don't know i think i think he's with the moves he's making trying to inject new blood younger blood yards yards lars is young um we don't get that, that one out baby. no no <laughs> um, yeah, lars is young um but i think they'll they'll look to to hire somebody um who can work with the hitters and and the outfielders um which is what brad uh brad not brad which is what craig was doing
0: your overall takeaway just from this season as we wrap up and Mm -hmm. and how florida fans should feel about this team this program and kind of where things stand after another uh regional exit
1: yeah i mean i I, there's you can tell the fans that like really know baseball and then the fans that tune in uh in In june in in june uh when the fire sully (laughs) threads start popping up um i'll tell you this kevin o'sullivan played at clemson they have a job opening their ad is young is not going to get credit for their basketball program or their football program so he wants to make a splash and clemson cares about baseball um he will call kevin o'sullivan i don't think that that call will be answered um kevin o'sullivan i'm I'm not worried about him leaving um he's really excited about the team that they have so coming back next year so that's the biggest thing i'm not doing a a a long extended coaching search for baseball (laughs) again again um I think the year that Florida had was was a roller coaster, super frustrating at times. And, and there was a after they got swept by Tennessee, I washed my hands with the team. I'm like, this team's not any good. Uh, maybe maybe they'll make a regional, and I'll have to travel somewhere. I was hoping it was gonna be Miami. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: the the job, the resolve that the team showed, and and the fight that they showed. Um, when everyone else except for them had given up on them Um, the job that they were able to do to rally around each other at six and 12 in the sec only seven games above 500 i think they finished the year 19 and seven um 19 and five before the region or Mm. something like that before the regional um, the job that they did was just incredible um (laughs) And and they had some amazing performances. You look at Carson Finvold and Hoover. Carson Finvold here. Brandon Sprote. He turned into the ace after Hunter Barco went down with um, Tommy John surgery and it's a team too if if you want to play the what if game what if hunter barco hadn't gotten hurt <laughs> what if pierce Capala, the freshman who was a sunday starter um had been able to pitch more than one time this year um, gosh if you have those two big left handers um i think we might I mean, we might be doing a super regional preview right now instead of uh you know talking about the fight that the gators had to get to where they got for sure well we fought through this episode with Nick's sores and
0: all, he's he's got to go home and, and and continue to rest <laughs> after that.
1: Bath.
0: Yeah, you do. Got got to get over there in that uh that new complex. I don't think they're gonna let us in there, Zach. Listen, I'm I'm counting on a tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm ready to see the Taj Mahal of football facilities open up here and in, uh, in in a couple months. So obviously a lot going on in Gainesville, even though pretty much all the sports have wrapped up except for track and and golf so except for the best coach on campus yes yes and obviously shout out to them as they go out and uh, go for a national championship out in eugene oregon we'll be watching that as well and we'll be watching how things play out with the official visitors this weekend make sure you guys stay locked with gators online as Corey bender as always we'll be bringing you updates from those visits for nick Del Torre. i'm zach albaverde